Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. Hey, Valentina. Hey, Paula. And hello, everybody. And welcome to another episode of Pretty Mental. For today's wonderful podcast episode, we got a chance to sit down with our good friend, Zanny Anderson. I've been friends with Zanny for about three years. She is a fellow therapist that integrates working with Reiki hypnotherapy And she uses all of her therapeutic skills right now to work with clients that are struggling with addictions. It's a really, really cool intersection of treatment modalities and having this conversation and hearing Zanny's own journey of healing through these modalities and also through plant medicine was such an incredible and insightful conversation. Yes, this was such a beautiful conversation because we blended in my two favorite things, mental health and spirituality, which really they're hard to pull apart once, as you'll see in this conversation. And that's something that Zanny really also believes. So this is a beautiful podcast. We're so excited to share it with you guys. And with that pretty mental family, let's take in a deep breath. And tune in. Before we jump into the episode, we want to highlight our sponsor, Conscious Conversion, recently known as Resonate with Sarah. Conscious Conversion is a holistic multimedia marketing agency for thought leaders of the new paradigm. We love them because their main mode of operating, which also filters out the clients they bring on, is making sure that the message is in alignment with your mission in the world and that your mission in this world is in alignment with where the plan is heading right now, that your mission is here to help awaken the planet and move evolution forward. Whatever your offering is, they use Google, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram ads to cut through the clutter of the internet and amplify your message on a massive scale. They also offer organic social media, copywriting, and so much more. We'll link their website in the show notes if you guys are interested in more information. We highly suggest you check them out if your ears perk up when you hear this. And now back to our episode. It is June 1st, 2021. We open up the space calling in our higher selves, calling in our ancestors, our guides, calling in our angels, calling in the universe. We open ourselves up as vessels for whatever messages want to come through for the highest healing of ourselves, our community, everyone they come in contact with, and for the highest healing of the planet. The portal is now open. Zanny! Hi, guys. Look at that bright, beautiful smile. Oh, my God, those teeth. I always, when people have, like, white, beautiful teeth, it like is like a painting for me. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You're so sweet. Zanny is our good friend. Zanny, I think I've known you for like three years now. No? Yeah. Yeah. We have, we have really interesting parallel life journeys. Yeah, we sure do. I know it's crazy that we met doing improv like three years ago. Yeah. And I literally, I remember that I was like, okay, I want to part of my intention of going to improv was that I wanted to meet a new friend. Oh, I don't even think I knew that. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If I told you that. that was literally, I was like, I think I want to go to, I want to meet a new friend and I went to improv and that's where we met. So it was meant to be. Maybe that's why that thought was planted there. Yeah. It totally was meant to be. Yeah. Sure. And we've been meaning to get Zanny on the podcast for a long time. Actually, when before the podcast was ever released, Zanny was one of the first episodes that we recorded when we were trying to build a little storehouse of recorded episodes before we got 
uh, we went public. And since we were newbies to the whole process, it didn't come out with the quality that we would have hoped. And ironically, I Google Photos showed up that I, I sent this to Sandy last week that actually the podcast that we did with Zanny was recorded on this exact week two years ago. Whoa. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. For sure. So it was time to bring you back. Why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Um, Kind of let them know who Zanny is. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you guys so much for having me. I both just really respect and admire you guys so much. And this podcast is growing so rapidly. So I was so, so, so grateful that you asked me to come back on. Um, But yeah, my name is Zanny. And I am a Reiki master and a hypnotherapist and an addictions counselor at the Summit Wellness Group. Uh, We actually have two locations, one in Roswell and one in West Midtown. And then I also see clients uh, virtually um, most of the time if they transition out of the treatment center, they want to continue to see me. But I'm definitely open to whoever would like some healing. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to know if you can take us through kind of like a deep dive on the journey that led you to doing this type of healing work that you do today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's been such a wild ride. And basically, like the beginning of my journey happened when I actually entered an outpatient mental hospital myself. And uh, this happened uh, from a really bad breakup that I experienced. And so I was deeply depressed and sought out mental health professionals. Uh, to help me. And I really received so much help that I was inspired to become a therapist. And so I entered uh, grad school at Mercer University in Atlanta. And um, I actually received my master's in clinical mental health. Uh, I graduated in December of this past year, which was such a huge um, accomplishment for me because grad school, as you know, Paula, is such a wild ride. Um, So I was super happy to finish. And I actually did my internship at the Summit Wellness Group. And so they hired me on. And sort of circling back at the beginning of my journey, um, I started to spiritually awaken after I went into grad school and started just learning a lot about like the metaphysical realm. Um, I learned about crystals. I started getting it really into essential oils. And then I also found Reiki. And how I found Reiki is because uh, my Reiki mentor, Janet Raftis, was hosting a workshop on healthy boundaries. And at that time, I had like no boundaries. <laughs> like I had no clue like what boundaries were. And so I saw that workshop um, on a page called Dream Warriors, where people just post about local happenings in the Atlanta community. And I just thought, oh, I could really use some help in this area. And so I met her and had a wonderful time at the workshop. And she actually said, well, if you want to have a tool under your tool belt to help you with your energy, you can actually um, attend my Reiki master training And so I ended up doing um, all three levels with her and it has been a big part of my self-care practice. And I created my own business with Reiki and then ended up transitioning that gift to the treatment center that I work out at now. And um, it's been such a... Oh, and that's Mr. Jones. (laughs) Sorry, guys. We've had doggies bark on here before. It's all good. We're animal friendly. Can we talk about Reiki? I really want to dive into that because it can sound like even I'm aware, like I love all the energetic talk, but even I'm aware that sometimes it's like, how does that even operate? Like it sometimes does sound a little woo woo, but I actually, my first experience with Reiki was with Janet and I, it was insanity. I literally laid down on the mat and I just remember feeling like there were waves rushing through my body back and forth, back and forth. And then my head started like spinning and just, I had a wild experience, a wild experience. And even within my own experience of Reiki, I still am missing the entirety of what it is. So I want to dive into it. Help us understand. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so the way that I explain it to clients at the treatment center is that um, we are all energy beings, right? We are not tied to our physical body. There's proof of this that, you know, when we pass on where our soul leaves our body, right? And so uh, we all have different energetic centers in our bodies called chakras, and they govern different um, aspects of ourselves and, or different qualities. And uh, I always like to say or explain to clients that energy healing is like acupuncture without the needles. So it's still working on those energy meridian lines in the body. Um, and usually when I say that, there's sort of like this aha moment that people are like, oh, okay, well, I've heard of acupuncture and I sort of know how that works. So um, that's the, the metaphor that I like to use. But um, for myself, um, I am a channel, I channel spirit, um, I allow spirit to work through me um, as like a clear conduit or vessel for the client. And, um, you know, I'm not the one that's doing the healing, the client is, and the spirit is just working through me. So I have a, a lot of really interesting client testimonials and experiences that come through based on how open they are to receiving their own healing, right? I have clients that potentially don't really feel a lot. And I have clients like you, Val, who are like, I felt energy leaving my body. I felt like I was floating. I felt all these um, crazy sensations. Um, a lot of times clients will cry on the table if they're releasing something really intensely. So I feel very honored and blessed to be able to offer this to people because as you guys know, the mind, body, and spirit are all connected. You know, if you just treat the mind and you don't treat the body or vice versa, you're really like, I feel like taking out a big part of how you can heal. So I don't know if that answered your question, but that's basically what I do. Yeah, no, it totally does. And do have you ever come in contact with someone's spirit guides? Yeah, so I have a lot of intuitive information will, that will come through, um, again, just sort of based on uh, the client. And also, I feel like the connection that I have with the client and the rapport that I build also has um, a big energetic impact. So I've had um, people's ancestors come through during sessions before and give me intuitive messages. Um, or sometimes I feel like, you know, one of their guides is giving me a visual, like I'll have like certain visuals come through. Like, for example, I had a client who I guess it was maybe a couple weeks ago, I saw him like playing soccer. And then I also saw like a vision of him like on the computer. And so the way that it sort of works and flows as I'll say, so I, you know, I saw you playing soccer. Like, did you used to play soccer? Is this something that you feel like you really enjoy doing? And he said, oh my gosh, you know, I used to play soccer all the time. And it's something that I've been thinking about getting back into, but I've been in active addiction. And so I haven't been exercising as much. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Um, and then with the computer uh, piece, I said, you know, I saw you working on computers and he said, oh my gosh, I'm really great with computers. I've been thinking about going back to school. So it's really cool for that intuitive information to come through and for me to be able to translate it to the client. So then they can use, utilize that information and best like move forward with certain decisions if they want. So it's like little nudges for them to go in the next best step for their soul's purpose or their journey in this lifetime. And it'll come through you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when people are getting Reiki, do they, do you go like one time? Do you go weekly? How does that work? Yeah. So um, at the treatment center, uh, I see all the clients and we get new admits each week. Um, so I probably see anywhere from like 20, 25 clients a week. And so they, they will see me continually every week until they start slowly dropping down um, to lower levels of care. Um, so from like partial hospitalization to like intensive outpatient. But for clients that are outside of the treatment center, I would say like biweekly or um, once a month. 
Um, basically, whenever you sort of feel like maybe energetically you feel a little off or um, you potentially had like a trauma come up in your life and you feel like you want some energetic support, that's the frequency that I would recommend. And I mean, as you guys know, like in the collective, there's this collective energy that really affects us as well. And so I know for me personally, I, I mean, I get Reiki bi-weekly on myself because I want to make sure that my energy is clean and clear. So when I do have sessions with clients, they feel supported because I feel supported. That makes sense. How did Reiki, getting Reiki on a regular basis and just kind of going into the whole Reiki world, how did that impact your life? Like what changes did that bring for you? Yeah. So, um, I feel like my overall energy is just a lot more calm and more confident than it used to be. I, I, I don't know how much you guys know about like nervous system healing work, but that's something that I've really been focusing on a lot in my own personal healing and growth. And Reiki actually just allows your entire system to feel calm. It has allowed me to help heal Trump past traumas. It's allowed me to just have an overall different change in my energy. I personally used to really struggle with drinking a lot of alcohol. And now like I don't struggle with that anymore, which is like, a huge deal for me. I mean, the, I feel like part of the reason why I like working in addiction is because I understand it. And um, I've also like had my own like fair share of like challenges with it. And I feel like Reiki has really allowed me to heal my nervous system and then also like connect with spirit. It's a really great way for me to strengthen um, my connection to my spirit guides, to my ancestors, and just like overall, like feel more connected um, to, to spirit. And so like to get into like the topic of the addictions, how... I mean, what, what do you, what have you kind of understood about addictions, you know, from living through it and, and working with it, uh, as far as how Reiki would kind of, would help with that? You know, I know that you're very passionate about like OCD and like learning and learning and healing from that. And I feel like addiction and OCD are very similar. It's this, uh, almost like black or white thinking, right? And, and the compulsive compulsivity that goes with both. And so I think that when our window of tolerance is really short or like our ability to withstand discomfort is very small, we have a tendency to engage in more compulsive behaviors because we can't tolerate like the discomfort. Same with OCD. So it's like widening that frequency. So we're able to really allow when triggers come up, because inevitably they will, challenges will arise. We're able to pivot and maneuver and be able to sit in our discomfort more and allow the emotions to roll through us and to flow through us rather than like needing to go escape with drugs or alcohol. So yeah, the your, your body to like be more calm in general so you can do that. So the Reiki helps settle your nervous system and give you a space to kind of take a pause before you get into the addiction loop again. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. I was going to say, and I get, and I guess the, um, tapping back into it being a source that helps you tap back into spirit mm -hmm. is probably really helpful for any kind of addictive tendencies too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I truly feel that with addiction, it's like you're trying to chase external things in your life when in reality, spirituality is about connecting deeply to yourself, right? And like having that connection to spirit. So if you feel connected to yourself, you have like a solid community around you and you have a strong connection to spirit or your higher power, God, whatever you word you choose to describe it. You don't need to feel like you have to escape. I know with spirituality, that has been something that has been my own journey with spirituality has been extremely healing for me because, and it's helped me with my own impulse and compulsive behaviors because you just understand that there is life beyond what we currently are experiencing in this reality. And when you have a bigger picture from the soul perspective, it's, it's, you know, nothing is the end all be all. Nothing is, you don't get stuck in these boxes of realities that aren't filling your soul. 
Like my, I know with spirituality has been everything for me embarking on that journey and really developing that it's, yeah, I've just become personally more healthily detached from, from earth. So in a way it has allowed me to ground deeper into my body, but at the same time, like surpass my body. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, I also feel very similarly like at Paula and I talked about this and, and I think you, you and I as well, Val, um, about just plant medicine and like how profound that can be, um, for experiencing consciousness and for having more metaphysical experiences and downloads and like recognizing like we are so much more than our physical form. And especially like when you, I mean, I've done a lot of like healing work with like past life regressions and just connecting to like other parts of my soul. So like, I am very aware that like me in my identity as Zanny is just such a blip on the radar. Totally. Can you talk about your mental health and spiritual journey and what that's looked like so far? And I know we covered a little bit about that with, you know, um, having to go into the outpatient facility and with your breakup and, but I want to just dive into that. Yeah. Well, so thinking about what I did after that, I actually did move to New York city in 2018 and I joined yoga teacher training and that was a really big, profound moment in my spiritual growth and my mental health journey. Um, because at that time they put me on antidepressants, um, at the treatment center to help me get back to my baseline and through yoga and meditation, I was able to wean off of those antidepressants, which, you know, I have really oscillated like back and forth between like whether I'm like pro medication or not. I think that ultimately everybody has to use their own discernment about like what feels right for you. But I am very, very glad that I was able to wean off of the medication because unfortunately the reality is, is a lot of medications do have negative side effects. And so I feel very grateful that I did have yoga and meditation to help heal my mind and help heal my body. I also, like like I mentioned a little bit at the beginning, um, I learned a lot about crystals in New York um, and just like met some like wonderful people. I have mostly lived in Georgia in my whole life. And so living in New York and being around all of that diversity really changed my perspective on just a lot of things and just gave me a more worldly viewpoint of what it means to to be spiritual and like and basically like my identity as um, an American, even just being around like all the different people from all different walks of life. During that year, I actually got the opportunity to go to India on a spiritual retreat and I stayed in an ashram there for a week. And that was very transformational as well. So I feel I've felt very blessed that I've had this really great combination of like traveling, which has really expanded my world view and my world horizons, but then also like being able to like bring these experiences back to Georgia and really um, teach other people what I've learned from these other parts of the country or other parts of the world. Can we talk about your plant medicine experiences and how that's been healing for you? Sure. Yeah. I, I love talking about plant medicine. Um, I've had, I've, I've, done ayahuasca six times at this point. Um, I know that you guys have had David on here. Um, he's amazing. And, um, were all of your sessions with David? Um, yeah. Oh, whoa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's, um, a dear, dear friend of mine and just a profound healer and so grateful to have come across his path. And yeah, I mean, I think that ayahuasca has been like the most transformative for me, but I've also done um, DMT. Uh, I've done several mushroom journeys. Um, and ultimately, like I go into every journey like with a different intention and end up receiving a lot of really in intuitive guidance. And also just like it really strengthens my perspective and just sort of like my life purpose, my life mission, like where I'm heading and just my overall faith 
and trusting in the unknown and like the uncertainty of life. I feel like the DMT experience that I had um, very recently in Mexico was really phenomenal. I really got to tap into some of some womb trauma that like I didn't consciously know about, but like through going through that plant medicine, I was able to unconsciously feel what I felt in the womb. And Whoa. then I was able to like process that and release it. What but, did you feel? If you want to share, that's probably very, very personal. But what can you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, it, it is extremely personal. Um, but I, I, I had a twin who died. Did you know? I didn't know. And that was something that I, I think I've felt my whole life of like almost feeling like I wasn't whole or like I had a part of myself missing. And so understanding like, oh, wow, like I literally felt like my twin dying in the womb. And that's like why potentially I felt this feeling of like loss like my whole life. And I like was in complete catharsis, like bawling my eyes out, like and the shaman was like around me helping clear the energy and the people that were on the retreat like held amazing space for me. But I mean, it's those kind of metaphysical experiences that like I would have never known about consciously. Right. right. Like going into the plant medicine really allows you to go into those hidden parts of your consciousness, of your subconscious mind, which actually is part of the reason why I'm a hypnotherapist as well, because the subconscious governs 90% of your behaviors. So if you have an, like an unhealed subconscious mind, like that, a lot of addictive tendencies actually do stem from that. I think that plant medicine is so, so, so helpful. And I know Russell Brand talks about how he won't even do psychedelics because he has an addictive personality. So he like swore to be sober, like sober, sober from absolutely everything. What is your, what's your take on that? And do you guys talk about plant medicines as a tool with the patients at your uh, facility? Yeah. So, you know, what I'll say about complete sobriety for, from everything, I think if you have struggled with addiction, especially like darker energies that surround certain substances like heroin, meth, fentanyl, like these are not plant medicines. These are like dark drugs, right? So people that have experienced all of that it's like they they just need to heal their nervous systems, right? Um, it's almost like they've experienced like so much trauma that like staying sober is is probably the best move for them. But as far as you know, it helping addiction, I mean, it's definitely helped me a lot. I mean, even before you do ayahuasca, you have to do a dieta, which is two weeks of no alcohol, no sex. Um, you basically eat vegan, no caffeine. And if you can't do that, like that's like, the, it, that's like the first part of the journey, right? So it's like really important that you are able to commit to that. And then also you can't be on any antidepressants before you do plant medicines as well. So I think that it can be really helpful for addictions, but like with discernment, like people that have more severe diagnoses, like schizophrenic people, for example, probably not the best idea. So it's like, yes, like plant medicine can heal trauma, but it, it depends on your diagnosis and sort of what you've moved through, like with your drug history. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a one size fits all. None of this is right. Because right. I, I always I think about that, you know, that in my ideal world, the first line of treatment truly would be for when people first start experiencing anxiety or depression to be able to guide them safely through maybe some psilocybin or their shroom trip to help the different parts of their their brain connect to what's really deeper, right? Not necessarily going straight to pharmaceuticals that are just going to numb, essentially. They're not going to do the healing. But I also recognize that that's where far, where, where, quite a distance from being able to arrive at a place where something like that can be the first line of treatment for everybody. Because mm -hmm. in order to be able to do these plant medicines safely, you have to go through a preparation process and then you have to be guided through them. I mean, if you really want to do them therapeutically, right? You, mm -hmm. And if you are experiencing fear, anxiety, or depression, you 
I would say, please do it therapeutically, not recreationally, right? So it doesn't actually have a backfire effect. So yeah, you have to prepare first and then you go through the session and then you have to integrate it. And a lot of, most people don't have that luxury of like, first of all, if you're anxious or depressed because you're living in a chaotic environment, how do you even start preparing? And then if you do the ceremony or you do the medicine and you don't have a safe place to go back into where you can integrate safely, and you just are kind of like sent back out into the world and you experience like the shock of, you know, the chaos of whatever it is that's meeting you out there. That can actually be even more traumatizing because you're super open. So it does require a particular set of pretty ideal circumstances. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And I'm really glad that you mentioned the aspect of integration, because if you're not integrating the lessons, then it's just an isolated escapism experience, right? I know that for me, every time that I've had an ayahuasca journey, I've like tuned in, meditated on it and sat with it and, and like really sat with my energy. I've even sometimes pulled tarot cards too of like, okay, like, do I feel ready? If, and like, what would my intention be, right? Sometimes I've gotten a no. You know, I, I actually had an opportunity to do ayahuasca back in December and I sat with it and I, and I got a no and I listened. Ultimately, I think if I had gone on and done the medicine, um, I would have received some lessons, but potentially they would have been really intense because I didn't listen to my intuition. So yeah, I, I actually feel like in the future at some point, I want to do some sort of therapy to help people integrate their psychedelic experiences because I feel like it's just going to become more and more prominent. Um, like you were mentioning with psilocybin and MAPS as well, like the organization in California um, are doing more and more clinical trials on substances, I mean, even MDMA to help with PTSD for vet veterans. Ketamine treatments are really common now as well. So I feel like this is like the psychedelic revolution is growing and it's going to just continue to grow. And so I really want to, to be a part of that. And I think that you also have a goal to be a part of it too, right, Paula? Yeah, 100%. We'll start, you know, integration and we'll see. But I, I know we both hold that intention. It's so real to tap into the the intention part of it or the intuition and if on if you need to be doing it right now because the, I've done ayahuasca twice and the first time, actually, <laughs> but I, I mean, like, do you get excited? I did have never like to me. I'm like, oh, I'm so every time I cry every I wrote a will because I'm like I'm prepared to die every time and I sent my will to Paula, <laughs> literally, and I'm like, give all my money to my mom. <laughs> I was so upset when I got that will. <laughs> I got the head really out good. of the gutter. In the in the will, I wrote. I was like, "What did I write?" You're like, like in the event of my death. Oh, yeah. I was like, "In the event of my death, please give all my money to Patricia Sinistera, which is my mom." And I'm pretty sure it was just like that. And then Paula texted me back because I sent her a picture of the will, and she was like, "In the event of your death, I'm gonna go up to heaven and slap you." <laughs> <laughs> like this, you want to have to fucking die. Like, what are you talking about right now? <laughs> but I really was actually like cry the whole day. I was just prepared. And I mean, in a way you kind of do. And I actually did like, I came back, but I really did leave my body that first time. Um, and then the second time it was, it was a month later and I got the opportunity and I really wasn't, to me, it was a very like weak. Yes. I was like, eh, I don't, I don't know, but I guess I'll, I guess I'll just do it. You know, it, I think if I had really tapped in, I don't, I maybe would have gotten a different answer, but I had a friend who had done it the first time with me and he also got the option to do it the second time. And he was like, I feel like he tapped in and he goes, I feel like it's going to show me too much for me to be able to handle right now. Like it's not the time. And I went in and when I came out, I was like, my brain, my human Valentina could not handle the amount that I was shown. And it was one of the first times that I had a panic attack mm -hmm. and it was, it was wild. It was just, it showed me so much that it's like, you can't with the current understanding and the current, I guess like the current phase of evolution that I was in, I just was not prepared to see everything that I saw either way. It, it helped, it helped and Paula helped me integrate it. 
luckily, like I had an in-house therapist to help me through that, which the integration process is so real. It's so real. Like, I just don't know. Because we have another friend who has done it so many times and he never integrated and he recognizes that. But to, to him, he's like still very traumatized. The experiences have actually done more trauma than than evolution. Yeah. I mean, it's like with anything, right? If you're not integrating it, something that can be medicine can end up functioning more like you would an escapist drug. It, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And yeah, I, I actually did a combo ceremony not too long ago, um, which is um, the frog medicine. Have you guys heard of combo before? Yeah. Yeah. So it was really intense for me. I purged a lot and I like I was thinking about what you were saying. I think your original question, Val, was like, did you do you ever get nervous? And I get nervous every time, too. You know, I'm definitely always nervous. But For me, it is like, oh, shit, fine. Yes. Uh, just every time. So scared. Like, what are we about to see? But I'm yeah. ready. Yeah. I mean, I was terrified. And we did um, Hoppe before, which is like the sacred tobacco. And like, I do Sananga on like a regular basis, which is like the eye drops that help like clear your vision. But yeah. Is that it, a psychedelic? The Sananga? Um, it's a type of plant medicine, but it's it's not a psychedelic. It actually just helps clear your vision and clear any sort of like brain fog that you may have. Um, it helps like clear like repressed emotions in your body. Um, a lot of times I'll do it with intention and then I'll have like a huge release after. But yeah, with the combo, I mean, I literally thought I was gonna die. <laughs> like I was like, oh my gosh, this is really painful. I was like laying on the bathroom floor, like puking my brains out. But at the, at the end of it, I was like, I'm so happy I did this. <laughs> I know. You know. It really um, is like that. Which is so wild because like, you, you, you talk to somebody who's never done plant medicine and they're like, why would you want to do that? But because you are literally purging up all of these toxins, old energy, old traumas, and so you're left, your soul, your energy is left feeling lighter because you released all of this stuff. It's so real. I remember I went on a run the day after I did the first ayahuasca and I was like skipping for like five miles straight. I was literally like the birds and the, you're just alive and reborn and you've released so much. So now you have room to like really take in every present moment to the 20th degree. It, it grounds you like crazy. What is the experience with combo? Is combo the, the frog? Mm -hmm. What is that in comparison to, to something like I've only done, um, well, ayahuasca and psilocybin, but those are, those are pretty different. So what is combo like? Yeah. So I guess the viewers won't be able to see my arm, but you guys can, can maybe see, um, it's like so little dots, right? Yeah, they actually brand you. They burn the skin and they put the frog venom on there. And as soon as the venom goes on, your body immediately like starts getting really hot. Your heart starts beating really fast and you have to purge immediately. So combo is not a psychedelic. It It's purely for detoxification of the body because, you know, we consume so many toxins unconsciously, um, processed foods, uh, you know, as Americans, we're constantly just consuming junk, even if we don't maybe consciously you know, do it. Like I know about valid, like you're like a vegan and stuff, but even like breathing. I was, <laughs> I was, but now I'm, but I eat from the, the ground. Like all my food comes from the soil or the sea. We go through the phases, whatever my body's calling for, but it is clean. Yeah. Yeah. So our bodies like will, you know, we're full of, and then when we, ha when our bodies are full of toxins, um, that causes physical manifestations of like, bloating or potentially like more migraine headaches, or um, it can even affect our organs, right? Like our liver, our heart. So it's just a way for you to expel all of that. And for me, my intention going into it was very simple, just to, to release fear and like come more into my power. 
And it was really fascinating because at the end of the purging process, and I was like literally laying on the bathroom floor, I like just started like thinking about like my mom. And I was like, why am I thinking about my mom right now? And then later when we were talking to the shaman um, and she was telling us about basically what she picked up intuitively, like off of all of us, cause she was drumming and like holding space for us the whole time. She was, she pointed at me and she's like, you released something from your maternal line. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I was thinking about my mom like at the end there. And so that was just confirmation for me. I was like, wow, like I, whatever I expelled or purged was something maybe that was like lodged in my energetic body or my DNA. So that was wild to me. So it's not like a, I don't know exactly how the process of ayahuasca is, but I, I, it's like a chemical that I guess opens up parts of your brain or something. It's a combo is not like that. It's literally just detoxing. And the byproduct of the detox is like you experiencing the energies that are leaving. Yeah. And so like, like you were saying afterwards when you did the ayahuasca and you felt like you were skipping and you felt really good. Um, I've had those sorts of experiences after plant medicine. And then I've also had like in this last time when I did combo, it's like the universe knows that like my vibration, my energetic vibration raised. And so they're like, oh, you're like you're ready for like deeper lessons of like your wounding potentially. So I actually had a really intense week after I did combo. And I was like, oh, this integration process is so interesting, you know, and like being in that like observation mode of like, wow, like the universe is really like giving me some more intense triggers to process. So um, I feel like it just allowed me to like go deeper into my healing. That's an interesting perspective to look at it as, as your vibration raises the universe says like, okay, you're ready for, for the bigger lessons. I guess that just goes back to why it's such a healing journey and there's no destination. It's not just like, okay, you feel all nice and good now. And there you go. That's it. There's always something else around the corner that, yeah, it's always funny to me, like at the treatment center, when clients tell me like, yeah, you know, um, this will be healed soon. Or like, yeah, like I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to have a problem with alcohol again. I'm like, okay. Like, you know, like, I mean, I always like hope not, but like typically like, I, or for my personal experience, I guess I could say, and, and just, you know, people that I've witnessed, um, in my life we all sort of have these like core wounds, right? And healing is not lin linear, it's cyclical. So we will move around like, and, and actually now that I'm more in like the conscious observer space of like releasing my identity as Zanny and more of like seeing, seeing the experience for what it is, I'm like, oh, there it is. There's the same wound there. I'm doing that thing again, you know? But it's like, when I used to, in the earlier stages of my healing, been more in like shame and guilt around what I was experiencing. Now I'm able to be in the trigger, in the wound for a shorter amount of time because I actually go into the emotion to process it deeply and then I'm able to release it rather than just like hanging out in it, sort of like not really feeling the emotion or what's coming up for me. I'm able to, um, yeah, just like process it quicker. Yeah, I think... Even because I, I tell clients that, you know, you probably hear this all the time in our field, Zanny, that instead of it being a linear kind of path upwards, it's like, like up and down and up and down or zigzaggy. I think mm -hmm. even more, it's probably it's kind of like a spiral. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like at first you're really close to the center where the wound is. So you're like, ah, you know, and then as, as you heal, you're a little further and then you're a little further. But it doesn't mean that that it's not there. It doesn't mean that that won't necessarily get to you. I mean, you might get to a point where it really doesn't get to you at all anymore, but it's an unfolding. Yeah. I love that. I love that you described it as a spiraling and an unfolding because that's exactly how I feel too. Yeah. I mean, there, there could be potentially certain like smaller wounds that you're like, oh, this doesn't bother me at all anymore. But like our core ones, a lot of them being like abandonment, betrayal, grief, heartbreak, those will circle back around in different ways, you know? And so, it, but it's really cool to witness and see like how you've progressed. And I don't know if you guys have, have 
witnessed that in your own journey of being like, oh, like this is the same wound, but like I'm, I'm looking at it from a different place. For me, the stronger my connection to the universe, to my higher self, to source, the less attached I am to wounds because I see that I, I just the world, I, I, the only way that I can explain it, it's like there's just the there's a bigger picture in this. There's a bigger picture because even the wounds are here to see me rise. Even the wounds are here for my greatest evolution. So it's not like, oh, it's back again. It's almost like it's painted with more beauty. It's softer. It's not anything that is scary. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I think for me, like, I lived in the role of victim for a really long time of like, why is this happening to me? Like, I don't understand, like, this wasn't fair, you know, especially like when we've all encountered trauma, just think like, how could this happen? Like, why, why? When you're able to access a higher learning of like why something happened to you and like understand that the universe is always like seeing uh, or looking out for our best interest, and even like the the hardest heartbreaks, like the the worst like trauma that you could have ever experienced, your soul is learning from that. Totally, that's, that's such an empowering thing to really embody. Because like I'll still obviously get upset. I have my emotions, but I know like it's happening for a reason. Yes, yes, and it can't last that long. Whereas before, I would the wounds would become my reality. And I would have to figure out a way to like work out of them. And they became like I was inside of them, you know, and now it's kind of I see them and it surprises me. I surprise myself. I'm like, I'm still flying. Like I'm still going up, you know, they'll they'll happen. And I realize because I have have such a trust in the universe, a complete trust in the universe. It's almost like these quote unquote wounds, they become like, yeah, I don't know. You just you see like the hard thing that you're going through and it's almost like, oh, the universe has just placed us here because, because that's just what's happening and we're still going up and we're still going up and we're still going up and we're always going to be going up no matter what. And any time that I want to attach to a wound, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't. And it's also not real to live in that reality. It can be your reality because you want to make it your reality, reality, but it doesn't have to be your reality. It depends on the the lens through which you see it. And I guess in your belief system. Yeah. And you know, what you're saying reminds me of like, I feel like the importance of like not labeling yourself as something as in like, I am this wound or like, you know, even saying like, I am anxious. I am is an affirmation statement. They're like, it's like the most powerful thing that you can say. So from like a subconscious healing standpoint, like I I would never, I mean, it's crazy even in like the recovery community, people saying I am an alcoholic or I'm an addict. It's, it almost like locks you there, you know? So you can't break out of the confinement or the box that you've created for yourself. So I always try to encourage my clients at least um, to say, like, say you have addictive tendencies, say um, you are currently struggling with alcohol presently, right? But it doesn't have to like confine you to like- A label. Yeah, exactly. Implying permanence, right? That's just so like, literally like in, like mental, like in the mind, that's so much like using our mind to try to create our reality. And I used to be more like that as well when I was not living so heart-centered where I would use my mind to create the narrative to create the reality that I was in. And now on days where I do feel uncentered or un, or like the ground is moving a bit more, you know, where I'm not super comfortable, where the discomfort arises, those are the days where I literally put my mind in a box on the shelf, <laughs> like extra, extra. I'm always living through my heart or at least consciously bringing myself back to it. But on those days, it's not like, I don't even try to, to, to wrap any narratives. I try to just literally, literally allow my heart to lead the way that day. And I've realized when I've done that, your heart, it just can't lead you astray. It taps you back to your gut. It ta- taps you back to your intuition. It taps you back into 
alignment with the universe, with your higher power, with your higher source, with your higher self, with the soul perspective. And when you're viewing life from the soul perspective, like all of this shit just makes sense. It just is, it, it is what's just happening. We're only on earth for this quick. I mean, depending on what you believe, this is my belief system, but this is like a little blip in, on the big journey. Yeah, absolutely. And like the more metaphysical experiences you have, I think the more that you can recognize that. But it's important to be able to be open, right? If you are closing yourself off to the idea that that even exists, how are you going to have any metaphysical experiences? <laughs> yes. One, we talked about this on the podcast with Grace uh, a few episodes ago, how the first thing it's like, if you you have to just be open at first to have those. And the more open you are, the more you'll have them. I have metaphysical experiences all like at this point, it's just wild. Like I'm not, I'm on earth, but like, I'm not really on earth. And it is because my, no part of me is closed up to them. Like I don't, I have, um, psychedelic experiences well, with breath work, with my breath, and just as I'm like walking down the street, as I'm interacting with people, as I'm meditating, as I'm because these other worlds are, I'm here for them, like 1 billion percent. Yeah. And I love that you offer breath work. And that's something that like, I feel like I want to start getting into more because the more that you can be in the body and out of the mind, the more you can live from a more heart centered place. Right. Dude, yeah. So Valentina's been doing breath work for a little over a year and talking about it on our like basically weekly podcast. And I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, great. This is, tell me more about it. Sounds great in theory. Like, fantastic, right? <laughs> and then finally, um, you sent me over that recording, and I started actually trying it. And I was like, okay, let me just sit my butt down and actually do this. And I started doing it, and I'm like, oh. Like a <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is what people are talking about. Because it really, really does help the mind surrender. And as Westerners, we are truly like, we're addicted to our thoughts. Mm -hmm. It's an addiction. And depending on like how anxious you are, I mean, fearful mind is a racing mind. Like if you ever want to know if fear is present, is your mind racing? Yeah, we get addicted to these thoughts. So being able to have these types of body-based interventions that aggressively, I mean, to me, breathwork comes in a little more aggressively than traditional meditation or some other, you know, interventions that I've tried that aggressively come in and get the mind to, like the mind has no choice. When you're oxygenating your body to that extent, your thoughts do start slowing down. Mm -hmm. And then you experience that stillness. And it's almost like when we start getting a flavor for that stillness, then we naturally start wanting to go back there again. But so many of us have been gone from that place for so long that we don't even know that that's something that can feel good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I've experienced a few like holotropic breathwork sessions as well. And um, it can be a little scary at first because your body is like, oh my gosh, like I'm not used to breathing this deeply. I'm not used to feeling these tight spaces in my body or like the oxygen moving in this way. But when I am at the end of the breath work, my body feels so calm. My brain is, you know, turned off. I feel very centered, very aligned, very connected. Um, and oftentimes I have like intuitive downloads that are coming through during the process as well. So um, yeah, I, I have an intention actually um, to do more breath work because I truly feel like embodiment is like what my soul is asking for in its next evolution. I love that. You have to join one of our sessions. I would love to. Yes. And that, so that's a lot of the feedback that I get back from my clients is that, what have I gotten myself into? Oh my God, five minutes in, 10, why am I still breathing? Am I really wanting to breathe this long? Like, why did I agree to do this? And then they always say, then you hit this peak where it's like, oh my God, like, I don't want to get out of this. I don't mm -hmm. want to leave this feeling. And that is when you get that is when you get the downloads that is when you become this open clear channel for source to speak directly to you and through you that is when your ancestors show up that is when you have these psychedelic like experiences these metaphysical expanded states of consciousness experiences because you have not limited 
yourself to just the human experience of the mind. You've now become, you've tapped into spirit fully, fully. Yeah. Tapped into consciousness. Like, I mean, I, I experienced that on one of my ayahuasca trips where I like had the ego death, right. Where like I was leaving my identity and it was scary, but it was also like one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had. Right. Yes. Yeah. The mind is so likes to control so much because it knows that like it's time here is temporary and it really has gotten so good at controlling and overpowering a lot of, a lot of our life that when we can finally get it to rest and take a little breather, <laughs> no pun intended, a deeper wisdom definitely comes through. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, again, why I'm so passionate about um, helping clients heal their nervous system through Reiki, through um, hypnotherapy, which is turning the conscious mind off, right? And accessing the subconscious. Yeah, the, the body has such inherent wisdom to teach us. We just have to be quiet enough to listen. And movement. I feel like since I started doing breath work on a more regular, in a more, in a more regular, consistent way, I'm, I'm even enjoying dancing more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And like this weekend I went dancing and like I actually experienced meditative insights coming through while I was dancing. And yeah. yeah, I don't know if that's happened before. I don't think so. Like I'm, I'm even enjoying music like house music or tech or like trancey music, which I never doubt. I was like, no, like I need some like soulful, sexy, like language coming through for me. I need you to know? be singing to me in Spanish so my hip can move. <laughs> um, and now it's like, oh, wait, no, this is another opportunity to release the mind. And it's a constant, you know, Valentina, you said this a lot in the past few episodes, but it's, it's, it's a constant surrendering of the mind because it is such an addiction. <laughs> I have this running joke with my with my clients now that started coming through like these past two weeks that it's like when you're anxious or stressed or whatever, the mind almost plays this trick where it shows you, you know, like when you're watching Netflix and the episode ends and that thing comes on that's like next episode in five, four, you know, and you're like, oh, I need to go to sleep. But oh, they left me at like the cliffhanger. Like now I need to watch it. And then you watch it and then you get to the end. It's the same thing. Right. So it's like the to be continued our mind does the exact same thing. It's always like, just look a little further, ask a few more questions, try to get a little more certainty, get into the story, right? And it comes up with like just enough rationality for that to be continued to be super enticing. And it's like, oh, I just wanna know, you know, mm -hmm. I just wanna dig a little deeper. But if we can recognize that and refrain from it, and we have these body work practices like breath work and Reiki and things like that to turn to, it's a little bit easier to say, you know what? No. Time for bed. <laughs> Time for bed. I'm not oh, going to dig down that hole today. It's not what we're going to do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So before we close out, Zanny, we always ask our guests, what does mental health mean for you? Um, I mean, I think ultimately for me, it feels like an ever moving journey through spirituality. Like, I really feel like mental health and spirituality can be separate. But for me, it feels very intertwined. So again, like sort of tying in like the mind body spirit connection, it's like really understanding that all three are universally linked. And um, by by really like tapping in and taking those times to pay attention to your body and pay attention to your intuition um, and strengthen your relationship to spirit. Um, that's when uh, you feel most connected and you feel the most love for, for yourself and for others and, and ultimately um, for, from all around you. Yes, to all of that big yes. I love that. And before we give you back to your puppy, because <laughs> we're being selfish with, with you, with, he's like, I want her back. Um, where can everyone find you? And potentially if they want to do a Reiki session with you, or maybe they want to get help with their addictions, where can they dive into that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is Zan, Z-A-N underscore Anderson. Um, I'm, I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn as Zanny Anderson. Zanny is spelled Z-A-N-N-Y. 
And um, my website is zannyanderson.com. So yeah, if anybody is wanting to book a Reiki session uh, or hypnotherapy session or are struggling with addiction, um, I would love to help you. This is my greatest passion. It's why I feel like I was put on earth at this time um, to be a light worker and as, as you ladies are as well. So, um, I'm just so grateful and honored to have had this conversation with you today. Thank you. Thank you. And I have to tell you, I don't know if Paula's told you before, but my mom loves you. My mom, <laughs> my mom adores you. My mom is a Virgo and she was, wait, are you a Virgo? Zanny? Yeah. She was like, she must be a Virgo because that's how much she loves you that you like had to be the same sign as her. She loves you. Every time she sees you, she's like, I can just tell that she's like just the sweetest, most sensitive soul. And Aww. you are. She's right. She's right. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I noticed she watches my stories. <laughs> All the love right back. I love that. oh, so Do you funny. hear that, mom? Zanny's giving you all the love right back. She'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zanny, we love you. Thank you so much for having this conversation with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Love you guys. Of course. Mm -hmm. love we love you. We will talk to you soon. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode with Zanny. We will make sure to link all of her socials and her website in the show notes. Yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. We love you. Be kind to yourselves out there. Los queremos mucho. Yourselves. Los queremos mucho. Don't forget to tune in every Monday. Well, okay. I know we were not here last Monday, but, but okay. we're, we're pretty much here almost every Monday. <laughs> but, okay. but most Mondays at 6 a.m. EST. And if you guys want to join one of our group breathwork sessions, you can either DM us on Instagram at Pretty Mental Official, or you can email us at community at prettymental.com. These sessions have been insanely powerful. Don't miss out on that. If you've never done breath work before, you will see just how amazing this experience is. Just gift yourself the time of doing it once and you will see. And if you have done breath work before, then you know they are wild and beautiful and healing and just an amazing time to release and ground yourself again. All right, you guys, we love you. We will talk to you soon. Come hang with us on Instagram. Until then, peace out. Bye.